Kia ora, tālofa hai, and welcome to the first episode of Season 2 for Tanarumanga's Team Talk. Proudly sponsored by Victual, New Zealand's first health and wellbeing supplement that combines ancient Māori and Pacifica wisdom and ingredients. And it's an honour to have as our first guest of Season 2, co-founder and head coach at City Kickboxing Gym, Eugene Beerman, coach of world champion Israel Adesanya, fighters Dan Hooker, Kai Cutter France, Brad Riddell, plus many more. He's also co-founder of Attain Peace Sports Management, which we'll talk more about later. Eugene, great to have you on the show. Yeah, no, thanks for the invite, uh, bro. It's not uh, every day you get to talk to a, a, a All Black legend, former captain <laughs> of the All Blacks. So, so oh. yeah, it's, uh, it's a privilege for me. Oh, no, I appreciate your time <laughs> and, you know, all this uh, getting into new things and, um, you know, May uh, you honour me with uh, uh, calling me the legend, but I think you're the legend with what you're achieving now from our small country of, uh, of Aotearoa um, and the heights that you've achieved for your for your little gym as it started as little, but and now with your fighters and so how 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 things going? I know you you know you're prepping for um, Israel Adesanya's title defence against Robert Whitaker too, you know, and how's that all going? But I'm um, like I'm optimistically cautious, if you say like, because because when there's always more time, there's that means there's always more space to improve. So we've still got a couple of weeks, and uh, there's always plenty you can do in those couple of weeks to fill up the the final kind of gaps that you think that uh, might need filling. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's for me, bro. Like, so how long does a typical camp last? You know, in terms of your prep. Yeah, like a specific camp for an opponent um, is is between twelve and eight weeks long. Um, but I'm a personally, I'm a real proponent of uh, all year round season. If you know what I mean. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I know. I know rugby players have seasons, um, but uh, but fighting there's no seasons. You you actually fight all year. Yeah. And 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 your training schedule and the way you prioritize everything has to reflect that. So all year you've got to be training, training really at, at some sort of level to to kind of uh, to be successful anyway. Yeah, I've um, I, you know, especially with you know, the, you know Dan Hooker, and you've had fighters that have taken you know when they take those uh, last minute fights and, and on short notice. Um, geez, like you say, they have to be on your toes all the time, you know, just to take, and because it's opportunities to improve yourself, but it's also, also step up the rankings as well. So, you know, you've got those guys on board all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other important part about our sport is, uh, uh, you only get paid when you fight. So yeah. it's not like a salary that you're getting like a little bit every week and every month. Mm. Um, so, um, yeah, you, you 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 have no choice. You you're obligated to stay ready so that if an opportunity comes up where you can earn some money, um, you're within reach of taking it. Whether it be two weeks or four weeks notice or six weeks notice, you're you're hanging around at a certain level where you can flick the switch and do do the final sort of things you need for the fight. So um, it's just opportunity wasted if you're not ready to go all year. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, obviously, you've got Izzy 
at his level and uh, Kai and, you know, and you've got a couple of young guys on the card, or sorry, I shouldn't say young guys, guys that have been fighting for a long time but waiting for this opportunity. Mm. How long does it take to get that, you know, opportunity you think about, um, was it Blood Diamond? You know, he's been around for a while knocking at the door and and I think he's in his early 30s and now he gets the opportunity. You know, you say you don't get paid – you know, till you till you're fighting, he's been waiting for those fights for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, bro, um, when you hit forty, everybody's younger than you. It seems to me, like, yeah. So, like, yeah, I'd love to be thirty-three. I'd love to be his age at the moment, but, um, but not not like <clears throat> Blood Diamond's a, a unique case. You know, like he he is he's fought at a very high level in the world but in in organizations where there's not an opportunity to um earn as much money because the organizations just aren't as big mm. you know he he he's he's put himself in 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 a uh ideal position to you know in the in the next two or three years um earn as much as he's earned in the last like ten to fifteen years Good. yeah so like um yeah, and, and that's the sort of opportunity he's given himself. And um the reason his story is so special is because uh, uh uh 33 years, uh 10 plus years of trying to get to this position, um, a lot of people would have given up um many yonders ago, but he stuck to it and kept going, and then finally he's uh able to just at the twilight of his career get the opportunity to to show his stuff. Um, no, no, that's a that's an awesome story of perseverance. You know, some of believing in the dream, and you know, having uh, mentors like yourself, because I'm sure he would have been. Uh, you know, you have those moments when you start doubting if it's for you. You know, and you guys with your experience yeah. trying to bring them through. You know, and does that happen a lot? Yeah. Oh, I must imagine it happens a lot. Oh. Uh- yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's one of the toughest things about the sport is, uh, you know, like uh, especially more, in my generation, especially and before me, it's getting a little better nowadays. But um, you did years and years and years, and that was just so hard to get the opportunities to make it to the next level. Mm. Um, hard because of uh New Zealand's kind of um what 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 in the combat sports community what you'd considered isolated yeah isolated what we're doing now is a real anomaly like um to to get a fighter from New Zealand uh from all the way across the world to these major markets in the world like it, it costs you twice as much to pull them out of the local market and like so so we get ignored, and and no one's going to say we get ignored intentionally. But definitely, there's a bit of you know, like, oh, why why would we bring a Kiwi over when we can? It's all it's all it's all business and stuff, and um, so it's it's just hard to create those opportunities, um, for fighters, uh, uh, back in the day. So there's uh, many stories of brilliant fighters, um, having a really good career, but just not being able to turn it around to the point where they were able to leave their career with something, you know, or, or you know, they've, 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 just, they've obviously got their pride and I've got the memories, but um, yeah, pride and memories only go so far, you know, when you're 40, 45, 50 and uh, you're like jib stopping or 
you know, working under a car and stuff, you know. So nowadays, nowadays it's uh, it's getting a little better, that situation. You get fighters that can go at it for years and uh, it's, the opportunities are a little bit more available. And um, we'll definitely talk a little bit about that that other yeah. side of it too, eh? like you're saying. Yeah, I don't think people understand that. It's it's like uh, products as well, eh? You know, yeah. uh, something coming over from the Europe or how much it costs to get here. It's funny you're talking about it's the same to try and get a a product like a fighter somewhere because it costs double flights, you know, and all that yeah. kind of stuff to get 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 away. Yeah, absolutely, and. At the end of the day, man, it's a sport, but it's a, it's a it's the business of sport. Yeah, you know, and uh, it can, if it makes dollars, it's got to make sense. So um, that's just one of the it's just one of the many kind of obstacles that um, Kiwi sportsmen have had to endure, like going way back before us into the way back into the annuals of time. So mm. um, it's one of the things that make us unique. You know, the, the cream rises to the top. Yeah, you're right, and, and then it also, in terms of all professional sport, it is the same. You know, it's, we're quite um, young. You know, when you compare yourself into the markets you're in, into the US, uh, in, in terms of you know, pay for play or pay to fight. You know, so they've got things already set in place to look after their fighters uh, and sports people. Whereas now, you know, we're maybe third generation of rugby. I'm talking about here, mm. and now that's done to get it. You know the uh, it's a business, and it's a sport. Exactly. Yeah. I, I like your your uh, your quote there of you know yeah. if it makes money, it's got to make sense. And sometimes if it makes yeah. money, it didn't make sense back in the day because we were spending all the money yeah. straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just about finding the balance, right, between mm. like the the sporting side of it and the business side of it. Yeah. Um. You know, like I'm sure rugby has a lot of the same problems that um, my sport does to a different degree, obviously. Uh, rugby is a much bigger sport, but um, uh, you, you need guys to come in the gym. You need guys to come in the gym, and the, the best guys come in the gym, and they don't – they just have an expectation on themselves to just be the best they can and go as hard as they can, not an expectation to make a lot of money. When they have that expectation um, to just go hard and just be as the best that they can be, and leave kind of leave the money thing aside, mm. then that the money thing actually probably gravitates towards them better than the guys that come in and say, "Hey, look, I've come here, I've tri- I've moved all the way from um, Wellington or blah blah blah, and, uh, and uh, I've only had two fights, but um, um, uh, I'm here to earn a lot of money and make a massive career of that." It's like yeah, it's, but you got to do your time in the sport first. You know mm. what I mean? Like you got to do your time. You got to do your time as blood diamond. Yeah, you know? living with uh, next to nothing, taking fights in the basement of people's nightclubs and in the back alleyways of wherever. And you know what I mean? Like you've got to do. You've got to go through the grassroots stuff um, to take the lessons away from that. That will serve you later as a professional. Mm. Um, um, that, like nowadays, the biggest one of the biggest problems I have is guys thinking that they need to skip that part of it. Um, 
I remember I come from a big rugby family as well. My dad's a um, real avid rugby player, and uh, he he coached down at my local club, which is Massey in North Harbour. Yeah. He 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 always had a lot to do with coaching the prem side and stuff, and he always used to lament a lot a lot of the young high school players coming over and trying to jump themselves straight into the top premier teams, you know, the young 17 and 18 year olds mm. trying to skip and jump into the top teams with the guys, the 25, 20, you know, 28 year olds, 30 year old blokes that have been, that have been there for a decade and um, expecting everything to be laid out for them. Is that now you've got to do your time, you know, you've got to do your time in the shed. You've got to pick up the boots. You've got to play reserves. You've got to play under 21s. You've got to earn, like there's a, there's a way that the system works and the system mm. has always worked like that because a part, parts of that system um, optimize you for when you get to the top. And if you skip out some of that, um, then you're not going to be the best that you can be when you reach the top. Um, and, and, and that's the biggest problem I have nowadays. I know we're going off topic a little bit, but no, um, the instant gratification um, generation that comes through now is um, probably in my in my fifteen plus years of coaching the strangest kind of uh, phenomenon I've seen so far. I don't know if you I don't know if you have similar sentiments in rugby, bro, but yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah, it is. I think um, you've hit the nail on the head. It's yeah, the generations have changed, and as you said, that instant gratification. Because you know, everyone now can, oh yeah, I want that tap on a tap a finger, and I can get it, mm. get it sent to me. And um, it's funny, like, does it happen? Is there, you know? And I totally agree with you. In schools, mm. you know, they're put on the treadmill or the conveyor mm. belt to success very early, and yeah. you know, so once they're on it, it's hard to get off because you've been <laughs> selected at. 12 or 13, oh, yeah, you're going to go to this school and you're going to, um, you know, your your future's already mapped out. And so that the struggle's already been passed at 12 or 13. You know, for me, I, what I've seen, you know you know what I mean? Because they've already on no. that pathway. And then when they come to you know, your level and, and obviously, you know, coming out of school, mm. the expectations, well, I'm already on this, this treadmill conveyor belt. I don't need to do that. You know, I'm already on the... And it's a hard drop, and that's where you lose some players too, because they don't they've never had any adversity uh, before to handle disappointment or I oh, haven't been selected. And so, you know, your your style of training and your style of coaching has to change to, you know, to you tell, oh hey, look, you know, this is what you need to do. We need to bring you back, you know, or you know, you've got to build them up again so they don't lose faith. And and you know, they have ability, obviously, but they just don't know about that struggle, eh? And uh, it'll be interesting to hear what you, you know, like, oh, I'm sure there's some real young guns, you know, because you've already laid that pathway for you know, mixed martial arts, you know. Yeah. Is, is that happening in, in your game as well? Same problem, bro. Same problem. Almost the exact same problem. Dynamics are slightly different, but you get young guys come in and they're earmarked for, they're earmarked for big things. Yeah. Um, but honestly, man, like being earmarked for big things means absolutely nothing. Like it means absolutely nothing. Mm. You can be a high school, you can be a high school rugby player and be brilliant. But I, I mean, how many high school rugby brilliant high school rugby players have tried to make themselves through the ranks and that the high school was as good as they got? You know, mm. they couldn't they couldn't make it any further. Like there's so much more to it. 
that precedes that before you can get to the top level. So you get, I, I, I get some guys that come into the gym and they're earmarked for massive things. Um, but um, you have to you have to extinguish that out of their brain. Like, um, mm. And uh, it's a process to do that. And like, obviously the team helps do that. Um, but I, I mean, I have certain, there's certain rules I have um, for those young up and coming professionals or amateurs that are on the verge of professionals. I have some rules um, uh, in my gym that help do that and easy to apply in a martial arts setting, a little bit hard to do in a rugby setting, but um, you know, the guys that aren't earning enough to, to sustain a good living, they got to work. Mm. That that's that's the golden rule in my gym. No one's allowed to live off the government. Um, who wants to be a professional? You you have to work. Yeah. And I think honestly, I think that's one of the biggest keys to success is put a guy. And most of them are, are like to be honest, bro, most of them are in unskilled labor jobs. You know, yeah. you put a put a young up and coming fighter. And an unskilled labor job, eight you know, eight, ten hours a day, training in the morning before that and training after that. Oh, his motivation to to get out of that life life just just soars through the roof. Oh man, it works for me. That's yeah. definitely and, motivated me to, you know, to never want yeah. to go back there. Yeah, as opposed to, you know, he, he he comes in, trains in the morning, goes home, plays PlayStation all day, sleeps. Uh, gets his government um, grant um, and, and then comes back and trains at night. Nah, like that's, you, you, you know, to do that when you're doing that when you're 18, 19, like that's not the reality of life. Like that, that, that that's a good life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would gravitate towards that life, but you know, like you, you don't, you've got to, you've got to know, you've got to know, to, to get somewhere you've got to have come from somewhere mm. and that's coming from nothing like you you have to go through some sort of struggles and adversity and you have to understand that you know this is what we're fighting for this is why you do it this is what's motivating you and uh and and honestly 99 percent of the time it works bro like it's mm. a it's a tried and true formula i get so much success because of that that one rule is that you can't just sit around and do nothing. You've got to go and get a job. Just like we did back in the day, everybody had jobs and become a professional. Mm. Whereas, uh, honestly, like you'll be surprised how much it's changed. Because people, young fellas now, um, want to be a professional um, just straight off the bat. You get $500 every, every, every three months and they want to be a professional. It's like, you, I was a before I, I I never really made enough money to make a living of the sport. Um, I had to work the whole time. Mm. Um, but you know, like when I was getting paid five hundred dollars a fight every couple of months, I, I had to work. I had to work. I had to. I had to do both. I was like being. I was like back in the day, back in the early days before rugby was professional, right? Yeah. I remember when All Blacks used to have jobs. Yeah. It's the same thing. You had to try and maintain both. Mm. You have to try and maintain both, and that gave you it gave you such an appreciation for what you did, for yeah. for 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 the sport and for the life for the life of a martial artist, and um, yeah, that's the one key thing, bro. Just to go back to uh, the whole point of this, the one key thing 
that um that 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 helps me and the professionals you know like uh, get to the level that they are. Yeah, yeah, it's well, it's great to hear that. You know, obviously happens in your industry. It's the same with us. Mm. You know, so sometimes the issue we have obviously is some of those great kids that have been on the pathway are paid you know, mm. big amounts of money before they've actually stepped out onto the field. And so, you know, it's difficult to actually have that chat to, you know, we're not dealing, mm. <laughs> you know, it's not the government that's giving them this money. It's actually, oh, we'll have to, because you have to invest in the, um, the potential and the ability. Mm. And then you're, you know, you're trying to unpick some of that to try and give them some lifelong lessons mm. of adversity, but you would have mm. seen it too. Sometimes people, you know, young kids, they want to go through it themselves rather than listen to, you know, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so you've just got to guide them. Says, "Yep, okay, well, this yeah. is what will happen." And uh, again, you know, it's your ability to be able to support them and and help them and making sure that it's not a a deep, you know, as a, a, um, a, an immediate fall, a eh, right off the edge of the cliff. It's you know, yeah. it's actually, uh, yeah, we can come back out of this and then learn from it and grow. And you know, we've seen so many. Uh, players, as you've said, and you know, as you said, fighters, but who have some haven't have struggled with that. You know, mm. the the pressures of dealing with. Oh, actually, I thought I was the man when I was playing at school against my kids my age. But you're right. I've got gnarly twenty eight year olds who've been doing this for a long time, and mm. what I did back then is not working here. You know, mm. so I've got to put some more tools in my toolbox. That takes time. You know, like you say, everything's now and. Once they learn that, they'll have a, a bit of more of a sustainable career and, and, and a lot longer. Those that don't learn it, it's tough, you know? Yeah. And, and like you said, being there while they're going through that. Mm. So, so if that if that does if, if, if that does start to get the better of them, just being there to pick them up and reassure them. Yeah. I guess yeah. that's part of the job of a, of a coach, right? Yeah, well, that's yeah. a skillful thing too, eh? Like, yeah. um, you know... I think uh, I remember talking to you, and this is something that, you know, like you've got, I think, three fighters on the same card. And, you know, you must, you know, you train them all. So how do you give each individual their time? Because every, again, we would be talking about your fighters are a little bit older. You know, if we go back to the younger Jewish, they all want coaches' time. You know, they want individual time. How do you get through that in terms of prepping them for the same fight? Oh, sorry, same card, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, look, it's difficult. You know, you only have so many hours in the day. Mm. And, uh, yeah, when you've got uh, three guys all prepping for the same day, that does get difficult. But, um, bro, I, I work, bro. <laughs> like, I, I – I, and, and the thing about it, like, uh, you know, like I, I get to the gym, you know, I leave my house at uh, 5 five o'clock in the morning, avoid traffic, get there nice and early. I, I go to about one or two, then I come home and I, I bang the, some kids' homework out. They get home around three, run school. Yeah. Then I'm back at the gym like 4.30 and I'm there till 8.30, 9 at night. Um, but but I'm, but that's what I want to do. Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's the key difference. Like, I, I, there's nothing else I would rather be doing because mm. a lot of people they hear that and they're like, man, I'm at five in the morning and stay there till eight thirty at night. It's like, yeah, but it's different. It's different. And I again, like, I always try not to make a big thing of this. But when you're doing what you want to do at that time, 
that's there's no sense of time like mm. it can be any amount of time i don't care because that's what i want to be doing so like I give myself heaps of time. So there's heaps of time for those guys. It does get really, really um, hectic. Um, but the other thing, the other thing is, and, and I, it would be remiss of me not to say anything, is I have some pretty um, uh, uh, good people helping me. Mm. Really, uh, I, I believe, like, um, <clears throat> honestly, most most great coaches, most great coaches in any sport, if you look a little bit beyond that, beyond the coach or the figurehead, you'll find some uh, uh, world-class coaching team behind them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether whether it be the All Blacks or the Chicago Bulls or the Lakers, um, I don't think any one coach can make that team or his players great. I think you've got to have the, you've got to have other people. They've got to put the right people around them, or the right people around them have to gravitate. So. Like I said, it'd be remiss not to not to mention the other coaches that I work with. Mm. Um, I think without them, I couldn't do the job that I did. So that helps me take care of a lot of the workload when you've got guys like three guys fighting on the same card and stuff. Um, we 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 share the workload um, yeah. amongst each other. So that's another kind of like key thing that I use. But also, just let me add something that is also key to spreading that workload is but blood diamond i've trained blood diamond for more than a decade i've trained israel for more than a decade probably closer to 15 years both those guys probably closer to 15 years i've trained kai for the last six or seven years like uh man uh, i'm we we know each other. I know those guys so intimately. Mm. You know, we can spend a year apart and get back together, and it's like riding a bike. Like we know what each other's thinking. I know what they're thinking. I know what their capabilities are. I know what their limitations are. I know their weaknesses and strengths. And we've been building, um, we've been building together for like that. I mean, that's so much time. Like we're at. The, I'm at the point with some of these guys where. Um, there's, there's like the stuff that we do, the new stuff is very, you know, minimal now. Mm. What we're doing now is we're out of a whole, out of a massive body of work. We're just pulling stuff out and we're refining it and making it sharp. And there's such a massive um, uh, a stock of knowledge there now. Now it's like, it's getting a lot more simpler when it, sh when I would have thought it would be start to get more complicated. But now we've just done so much together and these guys have learned so much over their career. Now we're just able to just pull stuff out of the past and be like, this is something we mastered there. This is something that we mastered there. And that whole body of work that we've done over 15 years, that is actually making it easier to train these guys. Um, and especially when I've got three, um, a lot easier than it used to be. So, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm just, you know, listening to that. <clears throat> and thinking about the length of a rugby player's life, you know, mm. and, you know, when you've had one coach for 15 years, and as you said, you know, you, the whole dynamic that, changes, eh? You know, the, that, that must be very rare in rugby, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, to have one coach for that long, you know. Yeah. And, you know but a, a, imagine that must be a tremendous advantage, right, to have the same, or, like, key members in the All Black squad 
that the coach has been with for the last five or six years. Yeah. Like there's to that comes, there's a certain confidence that that brings because you just know those, know that those people, you know, like that makes it easier for the coach. Uh, like it makes it way easier for me, mm. uh, significantly easier that you've got those guys that know the system, that know what your thoughts are, you know, that you mm. can read each other. Um, that, that just makes it easier. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as you said, you're pulling out that, oh, yeah, no, this one, we're going to go with this plan, you mm. know, these these skills. And you know, we go mm. back to our young fighter where we're trying to put those in there. We're trying to chuck them in and some are bouncing mm. back at us, you know, because it's not yeah. having that patience to sit with them and actually, and for, you know, mm. making sure that our, our young players, our fighters as well, you know, have that growth mindset to actually, I'm here to learn, I'm here to work. You know, yeah, I'm going to take everything I can, you know, not take it for granted, you know. So you've got a lot of things working there. And, you know, you've mm-hmm. got these two, three fighters who have been, you know, 10 years plus. And that, I think that's just, you know, I think it says uh, a lot around the loyalty that you have with, you know, and, you know, that relationship with your um, your fighters. And I, and I remember back to a chat we had, and it always stuck with me, you know, and understanding the dynamic you have with each individual. You know, I think that was four years when we had a chat and I asked you, I was asking you some questions about yeah. coaching. And again, it's that individualism, eh? You know, how you approached Izzy wasn't how you approached Dan, you know, Dan yeah. very, you know, the process driven. Izzy was yeah. a bit more flamboyant as we, you know, and you can see yeah. that in their styles too. But that's your style of community, you know? And I think that's something that obviously a great coach, that's the skill that they have. And I know yeah. I. I took from that and learned from that and, you know, and, and, t- and took that on board. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, bro, it's key, right? Like mm. uh, it's key. And it's, I think it's probably just as hard as in, in rugby as it is in my sport where I've got like 30 fighters and rugby, you have 30 different, there are 30 different people to deal with. Mm. And uh, it, it's tough because you got to get to understand your fighter you got to get to, but the only way to understand them is you got to get to know them, and then, and then, you. I I, I am a believer that, um, you have to get to know them, and you've got mm. to become their friend. But I'm also, I also think there's a time and a place for that degree of separation. Yeah, I'm the coach, and you're the, and you, and, and you're who I'm in charge with. You know, you're the fighter. Mm. I'm the coach, and we're not friends. So finding that balance is, is finding that balance is always tough. Yeah. So on the, on the, on the one hand, uh, you know, like I think um, the most optimal situation is for me to know the fighter really well. But on and I know that I have to form a relationship and a friendship with that fighter. But on the other hand, I do believe that the best, the most optimal relationship to have is as fighter and student. Mm. You know, two friends going into the octagon together it's not going to give us the most optimal result so like yeah they kind of work against each other and that and and that's just like bro that's just learning over the years how to deal with different personalities and how to not get too close uh with people it's like um all different tiny little idiosyncrasies um you know like sometimes i feel like it's the right thing to do to go to the after match function, you know? Mm. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like, nah, this is not, this is, it's not the right time. It's not the right. Our, our dynamic is in a funny place. Like um, we're friends, but you're, we're getting too friendly. So I'll 
You know what I mean? Yeah, so I yeah, feel 100%. like I'll pull back. I won't socialize with them, you know, and mm. and that particular at that particular time to to maintain that relationship. Um just yeah, you just you've got to read it and and again like it's all just experience, you know. It's all just a coaching experience. Yeah. We all know from the earth goodness grows. Victual, New Zealand's own health and well-being supplement range with native and pacific ingredients. Visit victual.co.nz and take your first step to help your goodness grow. And um, so I've, I've got a, you know, you, you made mention of it, you know, you've uh, got a long connection with uh, Massey Rugby Club yeah. and your time there as, as a loose forward. And so when you were fighting, I know we've talked about, I think we've talked about this before. Did you, were you doing your grappling? Were you doing your jujitsu when you were, um, when you were playing rugby yeah, as a lively open side back then? No, no, I wasn't, bro. I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, not not the, one of my key gripes um, with rugby when I was playing with it and obviously just coming up through the high school and the club mm. and stuff, so not like at any decent high, high level. Um, was that I used to train a lot. I used to train a lot, bro. I, I yeah. thought it was uh, – uh, that was just my work ethic. I was like, man, on Saturday we're playing these guys. And uh, and and I figured out real early in life that I didn't like losing, <laughs> you know. I, yeah. I hated losing. So I was like, man, I need to do everything I can in my power outside of Tuesday and Thursday night. You know, the, the typical nights that your first 15 trains or, yeah, I said, I need to do more, right? One of my key problems was, um, bro, I was doing everything I could, but then the other 14 guys were doing jack shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, and in a, in a rugby environment, um, one guy can't do nothing, mm-hmm. you know? You need it's 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 a team sport, and yeah. you need you need the team to work cohesively together, and you need to all be on the same page. And um, while me and a, and a few others were putting in massive amounts of extra effort, um, you get the majority of the team not putting in any effort, just doing the minimal. Mm. And uh, it's one thing that frustrated me about team sports, and perhaps pushed me over to the other side. Where really it was my sole, I, I was my own sole responsibility. Yeah. Um, but fuck, I can't, I can't even remember what the question was, bro. Sorry, but, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just around now, you know, as you're saying, we're talking about, you know, you've got your BJJ black belt, and you know, asked yeah. around, did you grapple yeah. before? Yeah, or- no. Nah, so, so I didn't. I, I didn't grapple when I was like heavily into rugby, but mm. one. One year, bro, I, I hadn't played rugby for – I hadn't played rugby for yeah, – it must have been 12 or 13 years. So I didn't even step foot on a rugby field. It was basically since I started fighting. Yeah. And then I just had a, a massive urge to go back and play rugby, yeah? I didn't want to play, like, serious, but I wanted to – I wanted to train serious for it, mm. I, you know, but so I wanted to oh, – I'll just go in and I'll play reserves, Um and I'll just give it uh, after 13 years of doing no rugby. I went in there and did it and I trained for it. I trained hard. And um, I definitely helped. Yeah. 
it definitely helped that like that one year I played definitely helped the game the game had changed so much since since then like I was like learning a different game yeah but beside that um from what I remember oh the hundred percent the grappling um the the just the doggedness like the toughness the toughness that you need for rugby um yeah I, I had that I had that in its droves and um uh and again, like the work ethic, which I had even, which I had before I started fighting, but was even more, you know, I was even more ingrained in me now. Um, you know, I, I turned up to, I remember turning up to the preseason training um, already at the place that everybody else was trying to, they were trying to get to for, to yeah. start the season. I was already there because I trained for the preseason just because I thought that's what you do, but really the preseason is training yourself to get fit for the season. But I trained for the training, so I was like, so I, like, yeah. Um, again, like that just reminded me the frustrating part of, of of rugby is like, man, like I can put in all the effort I can, but man, if the if the lads aren't with me, then there's there's only so much you can do. But um, but I love that, bro. I, I love rugby. Um. Shit, I'm even thinking about playing again, to be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. President's a bit of... Nah, bro. I can't do that. I can't do that. Nah. I'll try. I will try and get amongst the young fellas. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Uh, like, I've just, I've just, I, uh, I, I just can't relent to that number. You know, that number every birthday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm like, nah, that's not me, man. Half that number. Half that number. That's me. Oh. And then, uh Eventually, my ego will get popped, right? Yeah. It already is. It already kind of is. Like I, I, this year, I started with a bang. I haven't really trained hard at all for the last couple of years. Yeah, I started this yeah, I've been year. Too busy, bro. Yeah, but this year I started getting into it, and and man, uh, you can feel. You look. You, I know. I I know what a twenty-one-year-old feels like. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Different, different to a thirty-five-year-old. Or 40 year old oh, 100%. different energy coming at you bro it's like yeah. man fuck, where did where did, where did i used to be like this was it you know it's like was i did i have that much energy yeah oh yeah but, no, um, i hear you i hear you but <laughs> again you're ahead of your time there because you're right even now you know we're in terms of that preparation phase you know back in the day it was pre-season was what we used to get fit for the season mm. But actually now, you know, the expectation is you've got to have your own preseason before you get to our preseason because we're not we're not waiting for you to get fit. You have mm. to be fit when you get here. Otherwise, you know, exactly as you said, you're letting everyone else down and you're gonna you're gonna start from too far behind, you know. So, you know, that's that's probably been I know in the last few years, especially in professional sport, mm. if you come in under you know all the um you know the targets for then yeah. you know you're already someone's already jumped you because he's done the work and they've given yeah. it to the guys that do the work you know yeah and i guess that's one of the benefits of the professional side of the game right like mm. um there's like some big expectation on these guys now like now someone is paying you to to be to, to optimize your athletic you know your athleticism oh exactly and so it put it puts the heat on them the the problem is that is, is when guys aren't 
making the most of this opportunity that they've got, right? And they're yeah. taking they're taking it for granted. Um, I'm sure it happens in rugby. It happens mm. in my gym all the time. There's a clear path. Um, there's sponsors. There's people that are coming in and helping you, and the guy's still not optimizing the opportunity. Um, and again, like that comes back to so, somewhat. It comes back to the coach. Yeah, uh, the part of that comes back to the coach. Like you, it's up to the coach to to put his best foot forward and try and get that person up to speed mm. to where they where he where he should be. Yeah, that's probably, um, that's a probably a good question. Like, how how long do you give that player? You know, I, I talk about I can't want it for you. I want you to be successful, mm. but I can't want it like you need to want it. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then you hit your putting all this energy into a guy that doesn't want it as much as, you know, you can yeah. see the path. And then at some stage that talk has to come, you know, look, yeah. these guys behind that are chomping at the bit, they're doing what we're asking. Yeah. You've got you've got all this potential. You've probably got all the skills, but yeah. you're just not taking it, you know? That's tough, bro. It's <laughs> tough. Hey, it's so tough yeah. when you've got a guy like that. And I've seen a lot now in my day. Um, mm. That just they they have, man. They have they just have everything lying at their feet, ready for them to just pick up and take with them. But they just cannot take that extra step, um, to 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 just grasp everything when you know that they have the potential to. Um, yeah, I mean, your question is like, how long do you wait, bro? Uh, there's guys that I haven't given up on for years, bro. Just because I don't have the heart, like yeah. I'm talking like five, six years. There's guys that um, have just they've hung in there, mm. you know, they've hung in there, and I've managed to get them to the stage where they're hanging in there. But it would it just takes it would take the smallest um, mental change in them to go to the next level, and they just can't do it. Mm. Um, in terms of Given up on them, but I never, yeah, that's a hard thing to do, right? Yeah, it's one of the hardest things to do. And look, uh, man, I'm not going to say I, I give up on anyone, but it, I, I, it makes it hard for the coach, right? Yeah, when you give so much, eventually you lose motivation, mm. and that's what I find that's what I find happens. My motivation for this guy that I've tried to help so much when he doesn't help himself. It wanes. Yeah. It wanes a bit. And and you know, it's like, man, I just want to avoid this guy for a while, for a few months. Let him live his life. Let him do what he wants. Let him do it his way. Mm. Um, and then when it wanes, then it picks up again at some point. Then I'm like, man, we need to let's get this guy. Let's get our A into G. Let's get him back in the gym. Let's uh it's like that. Um yeah. I I'd never really give up on someone, but um I, I, I understand in a, in, a, in a rugby, in a very competitive rugby environment, mm. how you can't hold on to guys. You could not hold on to a player that's like that for years. No. Would have to get to a point because one thing about rugby that I think a fighting doesn't have much of or is, is depth. Mm. I think rugby has depth. Like there's there's young players. Like if you're not going to do the job, if you don't want it, if you don't want it, then give it to someone coming up because there's 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 fifty guys coming up underneath you. Yeah. Um, fighting doesn't necessarily have that real deep depth that rugby has. So maybe that's the difference. 
Yeah, yeah, that's right. And as it is hard, you know, you're right. But then you've got to go back to, especially in the professional ranks of sport. Hey, it's mm. it's a business too. You know, yeah. that's the sad thing. And and yeah. I think that's something for our, you know, our young men to learn too. You know, like it's a great sport. I love it. I've played it. You know, I coach it. That's you know, when you go back to exactly what you say, you do what you do because you love it. So you've never worked a day in your life, you know. Yeah. You know, that's the feeling I have with with yeah. rugby. And you try and yeah. give so much. You, you know, hey, you've got all these markers that you have to hit as a coach, and yeah. got a guy's not performing. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to yeah. give up exactly as you say. You got to help and pull it along, but uh, you can't want it for a mate at some stage because yeah. it's not club. You can do that at club because mm. you know, yeah, no, keep coming. It might happen, but once you step up into uh, and you start accepting the yeah. you know the payment to play, there's an expectation yeah. with that. Uh, you haven't made it yet. It's still expectation. It's a different rule set, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, 100%. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, look, I've got to talk around. Obviously, you know, a big corporation like the UFC and and what it's um, and what it is now. Yeah. You know, is there? You would have seen it's changed. You know, I'm a, I'm a big follower of the UFC and what it used yeah. to be. Now is it seems there's there seems to be a lot of depth coming through, and you know, there's but there's uh, you know, is it yeah. um, with what's happening now? There's a lot of pressure on you know. Dana White to pay his players and the uh, sorry pay his, his fighters and um, there's you know like here in New Zealand you have Super Rugby we've got good comp- competition in France we you know we can go oh well if I'm knocking it here I'll go there does that happen you know obviously you've got other organisations that can um, you know that you can go to but I don't know they they have probably haven't reached the prestige as UFC would that be right as yet yeah yeah the prestige. Or they're not able to pay you what the UFC pays. Oh, okay, and, yeah, yeah, and, and so and, and that's that many see that as a problem because they, mm. they they obviously see that as a monopoly. Yeah, because there's no one that's able to fairly compete on the same level as the UFC. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, brother. It's um just because uh, it is a monopoly, and it's also a tough one because. The UFC has given my fighters so much opportunities. You know, the UFC has given my guys the chance to earn more than they would ever earn in their life fighting for any other organization, right? Yeah. I guess the argument really is that um, they are paying more than anybody else. There's nowhere else to go. Uh, Part of that's because there's nowhere else to go. But are they fairly sharing the amount of money that the fighter that the fighters basically generate for the company. Yeah. Because the fighters are the product. Of course. So the fighters and the fights and them putting their neck on the line, that's the product. Mm. Right. And what the fighters ask for is a share in the profits of the product that they're basically um that they basically provide. And they get they get they get a that they get, they get, like I said, they get more more than any other organization is willing to 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 give them. But the argument is, is it enough? Mm. Is it enough of the overall egg? Are they getting enough of the overall egg? Yeah. Or, or and basically, um, 
you know, the, the, the predominant kind of opinion at the moment amongst a lot of people is that they don't get a bigger slice of that egg. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not enough. Like they, they basically make the egg and they're only getting a much, they're, they're small, a much a small proportion of it, but their yeah. entitlement should be more. That's the basic argument um, that, that a lot of people have. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, my photos have got opportunities that they yeah. would have never had in their in their life from any other organisation. Yeah, um, at all, you know. I don't mean to please put you on the spot, bro. But yeah, no, no, that's a, that's a, that's that's a perfectly valid question. That's a question yeah. that comes up a lot, and it's a it, it, it's a good one. Uh, yeah. What, what my, my opinion? Look, I I, I definitely think, um, and I think uh, my opinion's the predominant one. That the fighters deserve a, a, a bigger share, bigger share of, yeah. a, a bigger share of the profits that are being mm. made. I think no one can argue with that. Um, obviously, except for the people that are in, char- in charge <laughs> of looking after those profits. Yeah. Um, and, and then just how much? Uh, I'm not. You know, that's not for me to say. That's above my pay grade. But yeah, you know, the fighters. Like I, I'm a I'm a coach and I'm a former fighter. Like, of course, man. I'm I'm all about the fighters and yeah, yeah. and. I know the sacrifices that they made, and I know that I know the sacrifices um, that they make with their health and their mental stability. And uh, so, of course, I want to see them get paid more all the time. Yeah, look, I, um, you know, I suppose it's kind of similar to what the collective collective bargaining they'd have in rugby. You know, when you get your TV rights, so it's a percentage of the share, and it's got to, uh, you know, and, and people that are in it know. Hey, here, like your fighters know well. Shucks, you're right. I'm putting my body on the line. You know, if I'm only getting fifteen percent of, and if it doesn't grow with the way the company grows, mm. then it's probably uh, not. Uh, you know, and you know, it's not fair. I suppose it's as simple as that. Eh? But uh, yeah. it's it's, it's just, just uh, yeah. It's uh, look, man. It, it's where wherever you go in the world in terms of professional sport. Um, it's the same sentiment wherever mm. you go, right? Like, um, what 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 we hope to do is find a balance between the organisation, the business, and the people and, and and the players. Yeah, and mm. uh, some some organisations have that like really well set. They have a really great format. Everybody's happy, and some aren't there yet. Some are five years away from that. Some are ten years away from getting to the optimal place where there's a proper share of revenue between the fighters and the organisation, and um, whether it be rugby, NBA, baseball, whatever. But um, it, it's a process, bro. It's a process, and I honestly think um, maybe not in my lifetime or Israel's or Dan's lifetime, but I think um, as time goes by, it'll it'll get better and better. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and at least you're starting those conversations. You know, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. And I think um, probably leads into what part of this podcast is about too, you know, the business side of life, not just in terms of um, the actual company you're in, you know, but, you know, for you yourself and, you know, talking on behalf of the fighters, you know, you've started obviously, you know, co-founder of City Kickboxing and, mm. you know, they've uh, I've, you know, reached the heights of being the best gym in the you know world twice. I think on uh, judged twice to be the best gym in you know um, yeah. in the world. And then I see you've also started a um, sports management company as well. You know? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, that kind of like, that's a part of the business. So, like, yeah. I had to, um, I had to look after the boys from the management side of things. Um, and not something that I, I, I like gravitated towards, but something that was more out of a necessity. Mm. Um, and, and, and MMA is a sport, it's a big problem. Um, Man, uh, managing a fighter's career um, is tough. It's tough. And at the moment in combat sports, uh, MMA, uh, managing fighters is an unregulated industry. So I know for fighters to be a rugby agent or a league agent, there's qualifications and mm. there's exams and you have to reach there's certain benchmarks you have to make. But uh, in, 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 in MMA, like, you can just wake up tomorrow and decide to manage fighters. And uh, so it's a completely unregulated industry, mm. which is 80% of the problem, is that just anybody and everybody who, who and, and for, for the most part, a lot of people, they just want to take advantage of fighters, mm. um, <laughs> decide that that's the industry that they want to make a career out of. And so you get a lot of people in that industry that should never be there, and um, and that's where that 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 part that side of the the business for me grew out of necessity. Is because either I take care of these guys or um, some someone else who's not who's not the kind of person that we want to be involved is going to um, take start to put their claws into it. Mm. So. Um, I had to learn about it first. First of all, I had to do it was a massive learning curve. Still is. You learn about it every day, just like coaching. Um, and uh, one of the key key factors to that is you you've got to understand when you're not the smartest person in the room. But you do when when you understand that, then you understand that you can get smarter people to help you. Yeah. And you can get huts, smarter people around you, the right people around you. Mm. And uh, they can help make you the smartest person in the room, if you like. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of like that, that, that. To be honest, that's a philosophy that I took from way back when I was a young fella. Yeah. Um, I can't, and it annoys me because I can't remember where I picked up that philosophy. But wherever I picked it up, I, I definitely understood that the smartest person in the room is the person that realize, realizes that he isn't the smartest person in the room. Mm. And so I carried that philosophy through everything, including my coaching, the business side of the sport, the management, and I got people around me that I felt were smarter than me who would uplift me and help me. And uh, and that's what I did in the management side of the business as well. Oh, that's mm. awesome because, you know, again, I think in terms of understanding a your – longevity in the fight game and sport mm. and understanding the doors, you know, that have, that will open for you, yet knowing that they'll close, they can close any time. So how can I maximise my time, you know, at the top and how can I utilise that to make sure that I can sustain myself outside of that sport, you know, to have a good a good life. Uh, in the end, that's what you work so hard. You know, again, we go back to Blood Diamond, 15 years, you know, mm. you know, plus, and now he's getting his chance. 
what does it, you know, someone like, you know, for you, what are you offering to someone like Blood Diamond? So that makes sure he's got to utilise his three or four years. I don't, I don't know, you know, for someone 10 years in the fight game, you know, that can look at, set him up, you know, because obviously, uh, he, you know, well, you never know. <laughs> Izzy might be set up for the rest of his life, but not everyone can be Izzy, eh? you know? So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, look, man, like, <clears throat> it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's a tough one, right? Because, uh, like, I'm in a very unique position where um, uh, I'm, I can, I've got my, I can put the coach's hat and the manager's hat on. So I understand the life of a fighter. Um. But, um, and I understand how that amalgamates and weaves into the business side of fighting and mm. what you need to do to maximize your earning potential as a fighter and what you need to what you need to do after your fight career is over. Like mm. I understand all of that and how it all chimes together. Um, and but sometimes that those the 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 two hats that you wear between management and coach, um, they work against each other sometimes, mm. right? Because um, sometimes as a coach, you've got to like you're 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 pushing performance. Mm. You're pushing performance, and sometimes um, as a manager, like it's your job to push other aspects of the sport. Like, um, just as an example. Um, Sometimes it's going to be optimal to take for you to take this fight at this particular time. Um, from a management point of view, this is the fight you need to t- take at this particular time. But as a coach, you sit back and you go, "Well, that's not enough time," <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, that's that's not enough time. I know, I know, where, I know how long it takes for bloods to get to here. I know. I know at this time, I know what his beep test is at this time. Yeah. I know what his beep test has to be. Who I know that, that argument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it gets tough, but it comes yeah. back to what I said. comes back to what I said, bro. You surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Mm. And this is, where, this is where I can get ahead of that argument. Yeah. I can talk to experienced people around me, um, uh, coaches and uh, managers uh, that help me out. And, and and get second and third opinions on things and then bring those opinions together and formulate a decision. So, um, I, I mean, it does get tough um, playing those two sides, but that, that obviously the, the help that I have helps. But look, man, like, it's most of my guys, most of my guys are very sensible mm. uh, with their money. With their money, most of them. I'm not going to say all of them. I'm not going to say all of them, brother. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to name a name, but uh, there's a fighter. There's a fighter at my gym. There's all sorts. Of, I've got all sorts of stories. Yeah. I've got all sorts of stories. I've got I've got a story of a guy earning a hundred thousand dollars, and it was gone within four or five months. Ooh. Man, I can't. I couldn't even spend a hundred dollars in a week, brother. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like so. That, that, like, there are stories like that. Yeah. And and I and, and part part of that is like I, I have to take. If I'm the manager, then I have to take a part of the blame for that. Mm. That, that 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 happened. But then, um, 
there's other, there's for for the most part um I have a very good team. Uh, I have a fantastic accountant that looks after the boys that's available to them. Mm. But my accountant um, is the same accountant that the boys have, and he um, is not your typical accountant. I make sure that he sits down with the boys regularly and talks to them about um, savings, yeah. uh, investing money, uh, savings. Uh, let's, he lets them know about uh, tax, which is a massive one, which is a massive one in my sport because yep. you're responsible for your own tax. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, and, uh, and and also he lets me know about some of the more simple things like uh, a mortgage and how to apply for a mortgage mm. and what the, what a mortgage means and that level of what what that level of commitment means. So yeah, it's it's that's that's a tough part of the job managing the boys, but um, I, I do it by getting people that are much better than me at it to help me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah, yes. I hear you. I hear you. I think I remember that saying, hey, if, yeah. you know, you surround yourself. If you're the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. Yeah, hey, you know? yeah for sure. Um, for sure. And I'm, that's kind of something that I, I learned, and that's only just in the last – I've taken that on board in the last three or four years, <clears> you know, <throat> when you start thinking, actually, I don't know how to do that. It's the ability to ask and network, eh? you know, getting out, actually, oh, can you help me with this? That's probably one of my things that I wasn't so good at earlier on. Yeah. Uh, all that. Um, oh, I think I can get, I know this, but I don't. Yeah. And I understand that, bro. I understand that. I think we've all been there. Mm. We've all been there. But the more you ask for help from trusted people, yeah, um, the easier it gets. Mm easier it gets um but it's just just as just who we are and just being men and alpha males and stuff if uh, you don't always want to ask for help right you want to try and figure things out for yourself yeah but it's a, it's like anything it's like a habit yeah if you get in a good good habit and you get stuck and you get you get to a certain point with the problem that i have um yeah i find it very um liberating now to call one of my other coaches or one of my friends and be like hey man i got this problem how do we deal with this? How do we take this? He's having this problem in this position, things like that. And, uh, man, I find that liberating because straight away, almost every time uh, where I've been kind of stuck, they're they not stuck at all. And they've got 100 answers to a question that I was stuck on. Yeah. You know, you just need that, sec- you just need that second opinion. You need, mm-hmm. that different, you need that different perspective. Yeah. And and they give it to you straight away, and you're like, "Wow, you know, that, that's what I should have done, and that's what I did." And yeah, that 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 like that's something that needs to become a habit. You have to learn to do, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. yeah. Um, what's what does the future hold for you and and City Kickboxing, bro? Yeah, I'm excited about the future, bro. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember who I was talking to this about, but um. It's like, uh, like uh, it's it's. Uh, I've got this amazing thing that in the gym at the moment, where you, um, and and our rugby teams will have this too, right? But I have guys who are the best in the world at something, mm. and having them in the gym is amazing because you know with with 100% all doubt that that person's the best in the world, that they are because they've proven it. 
And then you get this guy come in who no one knows from the middle of nowhere, up north, down south, and you watch him do a round with this guy who you know is beyond the best in the world. And you see this guy um, and you see, and you're like, you're amazed. You're like, how is he beating up the guy who's the best in the world? Mm. And then you're like, and, and you're taken back and you're like, well, maybe the guy who's the best in the world isn't the best in the world. But then you then you snap out of it. Then you're like, well, nah, nah, you're not. That guy's just good. Mm. That guy's just so good. But, and I've got that happening all the time now, right? My gym's become a bit of a mounting pot. It's got guys from, um, it's got these wonderful, wonderful young guys, right, that have come from, i uh, got guys from, um, like, come from up north, Wellington, as far down as Dunedin, um, New Plymouth, um, Palmerston North, um, Porirua, mm. Christchurch, Dunedin, like, everywhere. Yeah, we've got these amazing guys that come in and join the team and make themselves an important part of the team, and I get to see how talented they are because I have a measuring stick in the gym all the time, and I get to use that measuring stick. I get to use those guys that have already made it to measure against those other guys, and that's what makes that's why I'm, you can tell. Like I'm excited because. Man, it's the talent in the gym at the moment. Without a doubt, without a doubt, uh, there's a good uh, five or six years um, of other UFC talent coming through right now. Awesome. Uh, I just know that. Yeah, I just know that, and obviously, I have that proof from all the guys mm. interacting with each other. So, yeah, exciting times because there's some young guys out coming up now that. Um, that are just so good yeah so good yeah. and that's um also obviously you know you've blazed that path uh, yourself and your and your your cohort of fighters you know and yeah. i was going to say you know the future because you you know that progression plan eh? yes but that's similar to obviously rugby eh? you, like you say we've got a bit more depth we've had a bit more experience mm. of having that because it's you know, the sport's been going for such a long time, but I was wondering, yeah, you know, I'm for, experiencing for, that, bro. That's like, awesome. Yeah. I'm experiencing this next wave. Yeah. Everything's, everything's optimized, bro. Everything's better. It's going to be so much easier for these guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. We've learned from the experience of getting this first group of guys that, that, you know, of the Israels, the Dan's, mm. the Brad's, the Kai's. Yeah. Um, man, these guys are flying through because, um, you know, we, we've optimized everything and refined everything and made everything better for them. Um, what we're learning is different to what we're learning three years ago or even two years ago. Um, the way we're training, um, the added science, like everything's getting you know, like just exponentially better. Yeah. So like um, already in a short time, you know, uh, you, you just mentioned like rugby, you know, rugby has had a long history. So it's been able to make things better through all this, the learning process of making mm. mistakes and making things uh, already in a short time, I've already done the same thing. That's what I see as a big advantage for the, some of these young guys coming through now. Um, man, they're learning so much already from the mistakes that we've already made and the refinements we've made. So um, that evolution is exciting, real exciting, because then the next group comes through 
and then you would have learned from them and then you get into you get into a stage similar to the all blacks like you've just got all these benchmarks just constantly being set they get higher and higher and the bar just gets lifted and lifted and lifted and then you just keep optimizing optimizing aggregating 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 and that's what i feel the stage that we're in now we're just aggregating 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 so yeah i, I love it at the moment oh that's awesome bro and hey um last question bro yeah. what what does uh eugene beerman you know do to look after his health and well-being you know with uh, you're a busy man, as we've, we've heard, and you know I think your little block in the middle there to, you know, see your whānau and your kids to make sure you you have that little bit of family time. But in terms of your yeah. health and well being, what's your what's your program? What's your own regime there? But I'm a hunter. <laughs> I'm a hunter. So if you obviously you know like you mentioned the family thing, that's important. Mm. But in terms of like just me time. Like I need to get away from the gym, but I, and I had a little bit of space from my family. Um, yeah, I go into the bush. I go into the bush, brother. Um, yeah. I go, hold on, hold on. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a black There's a, a black belt. <laughs> there's a black belt on that one. But yeah, um, nothing I love more than um, getting into the, going into the bush uh, and being surrounded by nothing. Mm. <laughs> um it's it's uh uh as my life has got busy i've appreciated that more and more every year i've been hunting for about a decade yeah now a, a little more and uh, each time i do it um yeah i appreciate it more and more that's just um the solidarity um that being by yourself being able to clear my thoughts and uh reset myself yeah reset myself and just bring everything together get rid of all the responsibilities that i have focus on one thing gather my thoughts whenever i go hunting which is few and far between now two or three times a year now um but uh, it makes that that's what i do for myself that makes me feel really good really refreshed and uh, really excited and also really appreciative Mm. all those things together so after i go away hunting for three days just me and uh, one or two mates in, in the bush um i come out of there and um yeah I, that that's my, my mental health i mentally feel fantastic oh awesome. what, what about your daily uh you know are you so you're, you're back into rolling you said is that your exercise your your daily exercise yeah yeah bro look uh, man, I probably haven't done a roll for a couple of years. Oh, and and um, is that why the black belt's up there? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the that's the graduation black belt. So that's the one that that's the one that only comes out for graduations. Oh, <laughs> but um, I, I'm glad I started rolling this year because yeah, man, I'm completely unfit. I'm building, getting myself there, but um. Man, I forgot that feeling, you know? Yeah. Or I forgot that that's how long I haven't rolled for. The feeling of just finishing an hour of rolling and just lying on the mat and your body's just, you, you, no, you can't even pick yourself up. Yeah. yeah you give, you're struggling to pick yourself up. So you lie down for five minutes and just stare at the ceiling. Um, but that five minutes after that hour of rolling, where you're just staring at the ceiling, bro, isn't that the best feeling? 
Oh, I, only like heard, that, I, I get that yeah. feeling after 15 minutes, bro. <laughs> but, you know, just the feeling of a workout, of yeah. having, like, of just having having worked out, having, like, and, and, and that particular workout, guys, like, they're coming at you, you're coming yeah. at them, you know, two guys going like that, like, that's a special, that's a special type of exercise. 100%. It's not running on a treadmill for an hour, you know what no. I mean? It's a special type of exercise that makes you feel a special type of way. Yeah. And I forgot that feeling. And so just in the last few weeks, um, just rolling with people and getting smashed and feeling like, uh, you know, like coming home three hours later and just crawling into the house on my hands and knees. Um, I forgot how much I love that. That's like a special feeling. So um, I've kind of got that addiction back that I must have lost it for a bit, but now I've got that addiction back. So this year is definitely a year of training for me, I think. Oh, that's training. awesome. You and me Hard both, training. bro. You and yeah, me both. Yeah, nice. Nice. Hey, uh, I appreciate your time, bro. I know, um, you know, uh, you've got a lot on. So um, you know, thank for yeah. your wisdom. I've, uh, I've taken a lot out of that, and I'm sure our listeners will too. Will too yeah. So. Thank you, brother. Um, all we the best, to... all the best for um, what's up next. Another big year, you know, with yeah. everything that's going on, and you know, we'll be watching and supporting from from home when you're over there in the states with Izzy. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Make sure to check out Vixual's website at www.vixual. That's v-i-k-t-u-a-l dot co dot nz, so you can rebalance your lifestyle with ancient wisdom and ingredients.